Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. The purpose of today really is to get our current trainees, who are going to be graduating at the end of this year, some top tips, I suppose, on employment, seeking, looking for employment, and getting some information for insights from you about the sorts of things you're looking for and what our trainees might be able to do to enliven their applications as they progress through those systems. So a quick round of introductions. My name is Luke. I work for the Graduate School of Education. I'm deputy for secondary programs and I think probably best divide just hand over to you and you introduce yourselves and maybe talk a little bit about your situation and how you like to work with recruitment. Yes no problems so my name is Rachel Kane I work at the Spires College in Torquay as the initial teacher education coordinator looking after trainees both from Exeter and Plymouth and occasionally from Marjon and Swift as well and I'm also the deputy head of English. So I'm going to talk through some various bits and pieces to do with applications and interviews. I'll also be thinking about what to do on the day. And I'll also be kind of talking to you all about the year ahead as well, after you've attended the interview and after hopefully successfully having got your job. So I think it's important to remember as an ECT that you are the same as other members of staff. Just because you're a first year teacher or a second year teacher doesn't mean that you'll be treated any differently in terms of what's expected of you. And it's the same interview day as any other member of staff goes through. Obviously, we understand the experience level and we take into account kind of where and how you've been training as well. But essentially, a member of staff is a member of staff and has all the kind of the same requirements and is looked after in the same way as well. When you're filling in your application, I think uh, specifically because I'm an English teacher and we always talk about this with our trainees as well, is that your writing needs to be of the highest level possible. So your spelling, obviously your punctuation, your grammar, double spacing your application form can be a bit of a mistake, especially in the section where you write about yourself in the personal statement. And guessing the name of the head teacher right is usually a, a brilliant piece of advice. If it's a letter they've asked you to write a covering letter, don't address it to the PA, to the head teacher, address it to the head teacher themselves and check the gender of your head teacher as well. Our head teacher is Alex Newton and she often is annoyed when people address her as Mr. Newton. I think she finds that particularly off-putting, especially at the start. So it's really about little details and getting little details right. When you're adding your references, don't worry if you haven't worked at a school for very long still write your mentor or you can use the iTech or you can use the head teacher and including all of your work experience and the jobs you've done even if they're not education based. I think it's important to show kind of where you've been and what you've done and then so the application school knows that you are the sum of those experiences and it can often raise a few questions if you've left a gap so it's a good idea to make sure you pop everything down. So that's the application. Before the interview, go and see the school if you can. I think it's a really good idea. If you can go for a tour, it might mean that you're remembered and that they think of you, you know, when you come for the day itself. It can also help you to feel just a little bit more comfortable as well. So it's good to go for a tour. 
And then while you're preparing, make sure you're planned, you're organized, you bring the right resources, you have your memory stick. I would also email to myself a lesson plan so that I've got several, have it all on paper as well. Have two or three versions so that when you arrive, tech won't get in your way. All right. And then when you're asking, you know, when you've had your lesson or the task you're going to do, make sure you know any other requirements. So are there any EAL students in the room? Do you need to differentiate for any sort of learning need? Find out using the email addresses that they give you. Also limit your props. Sometimes we have people come to interview with sort of hats and whistles and bits and pieces. I'd probably limit that and make sure that you are only displaying yourself when you're teaching rather than anything else. And then your professional dress. So think before the interview, what am I going to wear? This should really be your smartest day. And it should be a time when you are, yeah, the most professionally dressed you can be. So it's things like leggings are a no-no. Think about the shoes you're wearing. Be as smart as you possibly can be. On the day itself, remember as an ECT, it's much more about you as a work in progress. What the school should be looking for is someone that they can sort of mould and help develop in the way that they would like. They will take into account the style of the school you've come from or you've trained in. So don't worry about that. But it's more about are you open and willing and positive and is there something that they can do with you? They always look at the lesson or we always look at the lesson as showing real potential, not necessarily the finished product. So it's not about, you know, can I give the best lesson ever? It's have I planned it? Is this the learning sequenced effectively? Do I have an end point in mind? Do the learners know what it is they're doing and why they're doing it? All the stuff you've been planning and, and thinking about in your training really needs to be displayed in the lesson. It's really a benchmark of your potential. Important to obviously do your best. And afterwards in the interview, you're always going to be asked about the lesson. They're going to ask you what went well, what do you think needs to be improved? And having those strengths and weaknesses in your mind is important. But also, please don't be too negative. It can be really easy to sort of sit and think, oh, I'm not sure what went right in there. But in the actual lesson itself, it's a good idea to be thinking, yeah, I'm actually quite pleased with this bit. And if you can connect your weaknesses or the things to work on with what you've already been working on in placement, that would be really good. And then you can continue to work on those things as your placement progresses. And then as you kind of continue through your training year, it's a good idea to make the most of any opportunities that you can. So thinking beyond the interview now, we have a very strong sort of research focus here at the Spires College and we want to know that our ECTs are interested in teaching and learning. Have they been reading? Do they know who the latest or who the important practitioners and researchers are? Have they heard of the really important sort of ideas that are emerging? Do they know which ones have been debunked? Things like that can really help to put you kind of ahead in terms of are you actually really interested and actually do you want to learn more about teaching and learning? Hopefully the answer is yes and kind of making that really clear as well. Don't undersell. I think it's really important. It can be really easy not to show your best side and to kind of uh, go into yourself a little bit. So be clear about the things that is you think you can do. Obviously, there's, there's a fine line. You don't want to be arrogant about it either. But, you know, sort of sensing the room while you're in the interview itself. Are you saying what are you saying? And is it putting your, you know, your image in the best light there? You'll be asked why this job and why this school? 
you really need to prepare that and think about why you really want to be there. Don't copy and paste things that you've said to other schools. You need to know what their ethos is, know what they want, know what they like. And then for your own future, have a trajectory in mind, even if it's just small scale, even if you'd quite like to be a pastoral leader in the next few years, even if it's like you'd like to lead a team doing something specific, have that in mind and chat to them about it. Most impressive prospective ECTs show intelligence and thoughtful engagement with the questions that they are asked. So it's a good idea to prepare your answers before you go in. And then when you're walking around the school, either on the visit or when you're teaching your lesson, be confident, talk to the students that you see. We sometimes get people come for interview who look sort of purely terrified. So please do look as if you are, you know, kind of interested and engaged and having a conversation with them because it's a slightly weird experience for students as well. So it's sometimes nice to kind of level with them and, you know, sort of have a chat about what it is you're learning, what you're doing. They're looking at you in that interview for how kind of warm and personable you are. And they'll already be thinking about how they get, you are going to fit into a team. So it's a really good idea to sort of be as confident as possible in that area. And then the year ahead. So our ECT programme is we use the core induction program from Teach First, which allows us to contextualize the program for our context, which we really like. It could be worth asking about the ECT program in the question and answer session at the end of the interview to see what the provision is, get interested in what you are going to be having. So we have an hour a week with ECTs and mentors in the first year and then every two weeks in the second year. And then in our second year for ECTs, there's much more kind of a department driven focus and the ECT becomes involved with curriculum development as well as honing their classroom craft. So that might be something to ask questions about when you're in your interview as well, just for, you know, to obviously sound as if you're engaged, but actually also to gain the information for when you hopefully start your job with that school you really like to work for. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for that, Rachel. Um, there are some questions that have come in. I'm going to try and group the questions into themes. One of the question themes is about the practicalities of the day. So perhaps just to give a quick overview, what would you expect? How long are you going to be teaching for? How long is the interview? Who are you going to meet? Who are you going to know about before you meet them? And who's going to make the decision? Between the nine o'clock that I arrived and the 12.30 that you send me home, what am I going to be doing while I'm on site? The arrival, the tour, the task. Sometimes we set one of those lunch and break with the department, and um, depending on sort of the setup for the lesson, I would just add that lunch and break are obviously times in a, in a sort of non-big brothery way when you are being watched and when you know the department get a chance to chat to you so I think during those times those kind of unstructured bits where you're having a coffee and a biscuit or your lunch that's a good time to sort of not only for them to suss you out but also for you to get a feel of the department as well so you get a feel for you know kind of the the, the feeling and the mood and the tone as well and then usually the lesson uh, our lessons are an hour usually our interview lessons and then the interviews usually in the afternoon with the head teacher, the head of department, maybe a deputy or the vice principal as well. And then a phone call Yeah, at the end of the day, usually really sort of two, three o'clock at the latest. But you should find out before the day is out. Thank you very much. I'm going to move on to another conglomerate, which is a word I've created specially for today of questions, which is to do with the sorts of the point where they say, have you got any questions for us? And I've had quite a few people contacting us to say what do you do at that point and, and I think they come into two themes so one of them is that the interview day is also a day for you to suss out the school 
and to make a decision about whether this is the right institution for you. But also, you don't want to look like a, a fool with nothing to say or with only facile questions. So is, is there maybe some guidance there about how should the ECTs frame that opportunity to find out if this is the right institution for them? And is that the point? Is that the point in the interview process where they should be asking those questions? Or is that a question that should be waiting for, for later on? You know, I think that's a particularly stressful bit of the interview, isn't it? It's a shame it comes right at the end and you know it, the question is coming, you know, do you have any questions? And if you're sat sweating thinking, good Lord, I definitely don't have any questions. I think it's okay to think. I think it's a really nice idea to be taking notes as you go round or maybe think of things that the department have mentioned that you'd like further clarification on. But I think if you genuinely have nothing and your brain goes blank, I think it's okay not to sit and make up a question just to ask a question. I think it's okay to make a comment or to say thank you or to comment on something that you've been particularly impressed with. Just something along those lines so that obviously you don't sit mute. You know, I think thinking of a question sort of just for the sake of it is probably to be avoided. So, yeah, do your research while you're walking around or, uh, you know, sort of well-informed, educated comment at the end, I'd probably recommend. Maybe I could just refrain, Rachel, and come back to you on that. So the, the questioner has asked about specifically about timetable. So it sounds like mm. they're going to have an interview and they're a bit worried about, and I, I don't know the detail, whether whether they are going to be teaching a lot of Q stage three or Q stage four or whether they're going to be mm. doing, uh, maybe they're an MFL teacher and they want to know whether it's going to be French or Spanish. Is that an appropriate time to be asking those sorts of pragmatic questions about what does my timetable going to look like? Yeah, I mean... It sends the tone of the interview, maybe, and what else has already been said, but maybe preface it with, oh, I do have a couple of timetable questions. Is now a good time to ask those? Like, you know, preface it with, can we chat about that now? Or, and it might be that the head of department's very happy to, you know, to kind of make a, a general comment in that area. I think it's absolutely fine if it's on something that's on your mind, if you introduce it and just say, you know, is that all right? to ask now or should I hold on to that question and then they know you're interested they know you want to know they know you're thinking about it but also you haven't just sort of launched in and uh, you know at a kind of inappropriate time so yeah preface it first and kind of feel out the water and then if the head of department if it's not right they'll say oh we can chat to you about that post employment you know if it's going to happen thank you I've got one final question, which is a very, very specific question. And clearly this has come from somebody for whom this has happened. So they've said they have applied for a job. They've asked the school if they can go for a visit. and The school said no. Should that be a red flag to the person that is applying for the job? So, Rachel, would that be a worry for you? Um, I, I haven't really heard of that happening before. I think it maybe if they gave an indication as to why, like why isn't it or why isn't it okay for me to come and I don't know that's a that's a funny one I suppose it wouldn't necessarily put me off if I really liked the school and I'd still go along for interview because you know you might as well it unless it clashes with an interview you know especially as an ECT when you want to kind of get into a, a place because you're really interested so that's a new one on me but I'd be interested in the, in the detail you know in the in the whys if it's like yeah. the day before maybe they don't think it's appropriate because you're coming anyway yeah I'm sure there's a context in there that, that wasn't privy in the in the text box yeah. that they put their question yeah. through thank you very much thank you so much for giving your time this evening I, we really do appreciate your uh, contributions and your amazing insights into that process it is massively appreciated thank you this was the Career Zone podcast brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone.
Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message, hashtag careerzonepodcast at UOE careerzone or at UOE Cornwall careerzone on Instagram, and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.